I love this woman. I absolutely love this woman. If Rihanna ever gets smart and leave me, I'm just going to kidnap her. <laughs> <laughs> I broke her. And on that note, hello, everybody, and welcome to Turbo, a Soccer Rangers podcast. We focus on conventions, cosplay, and getting white girl wasted. I'm Robert. I'm the Red Ranger. I'm Amy. I'm the white girl wasted specialist. <laughs> I'm Tyler. I'm the Black Ranger. Also a white girl wasted specialist. Ooh, I get black girl wasted. Can we say that? Is that something we can say? Can we say that? It's okay. Nobody knows what color you actually are. Yeah. Everyone knows. You're made of metal. You are Zenyatta. (laughs) (laughs) It's podcast time. Yes. Yes, it is. Yep. Uh, All right. Well, we are coming up on a very special holiday. Christmas! (gasps) Not quite. Soon I will. Ew. (laughs) That already happened. What are you talking about? In fucking Canada, they've already had Thanksgiving. Yep. Oh, oh, I know. St. Patrick's Day. That is definitely uh, my people's favorite holiday, but um, I hate to go and say we're a little farther away from that one. Let's say Valentine's Day, where I can cry and buy a whole box of chocolate for myself. Oh, that's like every Thursday. (laughs) <laughs> podcast day <laughs> why do you keep needing to bring up my rituals Tyler why are you gonna do that what about New Year's I'm gonna mm. get drunk and kiss someone oh that's every Friday <laughs> self deprecating humor is the best humor Rob what are we coming up on what's happening <laughs> we are coming up on the most wonderful holiday in all of October Oh, breast cancer awareness. I feel like that was a few months ago. That's this month. Is it? Yeah, you're not very aware of your breasts, obviously. Clearly. Huh. For some reason, I thought that was August. Uh, and National Coming Out Day was this month. Yep, yep. I'm bi. <laughs> she kissed a girl, and she liked it. Oh, damn. <laughs> I didn't more than that, but we will, we will not We will not dwell. <laughs> I don't know. Those details could make for a steamy podcast, but we're not going to do that this week. No, we are going to talk about the Venom premiere. No, I'm kidding. <gasps> I watched Venom. I did too. Mm. Okay, hold on. We might actually need to detour <laughs> for what we were really going to talk about. Because Tyler, I'm curious here. Because mm-hmm. this film is a weird thing to me. My BS movie meter okay. was all like no with every trailer. Mm-hmm. Yep. The critic scores are absolutely terrible. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really have an mm-hmm. interest in seeing it yep. until I went over to Rotten Tomatoes just to go and see how bad the critic scores were and then saw like a 74% like from audiences. Yes. Yeah. And I, I thought that. that was really fascinating and needed to go and see this dumpster fire for myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm not sure if I'm saying something controversial or if I'm not saying something controversial because of this. Wait, real but, quick. I need yeah. to see this dumpster fire myself is the thing every one of my Tinder dates says before they <laughs> Please go on. <laughs> oh, okay, that was that was worth it. That was a worth a joke. Um, but yeah, my controversial or maybe not controversial opinion is despite it being a terribly flawed movie, I actually enjoyed it. What flaws? Extrapolate, Rob. Hold on. I actually want to hear what Tyler has to say because I went into this expecting a very different kind of movie and I came out enjoying a very, very fucked up kind of movie. Yeah. um, To say the least, my viewing experience for it was very... wasn't the best viewing experience to begin with. Uh, I watched it in the as close as the screen as possible to the left. So when we bought our tickets, it was like we bought them there and there was only like two seats left and there were the front row far left. So I was watching this entire movie up over there. If you were watching it from a fisheye is what you're telling me. (laughs) Yeah. So circles were ovals and it was throwing (laughs) you off. So their faces always look kind of weird. But even with that, I was already going to the movie expecting it to be, hey, it's a Venom movie. 
I'm not going to hold my breath. Yeah. It's going to be something's going to happen. Also, you physically cannot hold your breath for a whole movie. You would die. That assumes that he was alive in the first place. Yes, that's true. You're making a lot of assumptions. Yes. So yes, he uh, might be a zombie. So you just assume my pulse. <laughs> You just assume my state of mind and matter and vitality. Yeah. Um, so I have to say, um, I don't know what to say. Like, yeah, that's kind of how I feel. <laughs> we did have a venom before, and I had complaints about that venom. Uh, but this one, like there's parts that I was upset about that they fixed. And then there's other parts that go like, Oh man, it's hard to say. Am I, do I, do I want to talk about character or do I just want to talk about overall movie overall movie? It was sort of just, yeah. just, just give me the overall here. Yeah. Overall. It was like a, eh, eh, it's a movie. Yeah. Popcorn. It's you go there. You're going to watch the movie. Amy would fall asleep during it. Cause she falls asleep during the movies all the time. Uh, or are you going to watch it and you're going to go eat your popcorn and go, yeah, that was a movie. Stuff happened. I saw mm -hmm. it. had some laughs. Saw some action. Didn't shed any tears. Nope. Not even one? Not even one. Damn. So it's not, you're not going in there for like, like when you, you didn't hit you like fucking one of the Marvel, the other Marvel movies, but it was like, it, I thought it was cool. It felt like, it felt very reminiscent of of uh, what a movie of like the character itself. Oh, I know what it is. It was like it was like Deadpool movie light. Yeah, no, that's that's an interesting yeah. way of looking at. It. I, I can I can kind of get along with that. Like it. Yeah, it understood the character enough to like I, I got it, and it was like, yeah, that's kind of how that character is. And if you were to take it and put it in a movie, mathematically, like it hit all the spots of like what's happening. And like, um, um, why am I forgetting the name? The actor, um, Tom Hardy, Tom Hardy. He was actually really well. I liked him in it. It was I, good. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm a huge fan of Tom Hardy and I was really nervous for his career when I saw that he was signed on to do this, especially after the first trailer. Cause yeah, it just kind of looked like a generic horror movie. It's like, yeah, you can do that with Venom. I wasn't but, even getting horror movie from it when I first. Well, no, but the first trailer. Ah, like, okay, yeah. yeah. Watch that back. Like it's it's trying to play itself as a horror movie, is what they're going for. And there was is, the one scene that felt like a horror, like alien kind of esque horror movie. You know yeah. what's interesting is like a lot of movies, like Suicide Squad comes to mind. Use a theme in a trailer to gauge how people react to a movie before the editing is done. Yeah. Do you think that might have been a similar situation where, like, the horror wasn't re responded to correctly, so they went a different direction? I, I do kind of wonder about that. Like, I, I don't know how Tyler felt about this, but I think that this was a movie that actually probably did have some legs to stand on beyond what we saw, but I feel like it got killed in editing. Not like, you know, know. The, not like the fan four stick, but like the whole opening sequence uh, with the space shuttle coming down and, you know, oh, it's Jameson and all that stuff. Um, it didn't feel weird. Like, it, like that's the thing is like you watch those movies and it, there's always like it feels off with editing or voice acting and it just feels choppy. It didn't feel choppy with this. Like every time he was going somewhere, it was for a reason. The, the and... main film didn't feel that way but just like the yeah. opening it felt like they were going and giving us all of these scenes with the space shuttle and the crash landing and the you know uh salvage team that was there yeah that part if i just watched that all together seemed fine but it felt like they just went and shoehorned in this command center thing that was going on and like that was retroactively put in there like somebody wouldn't get the narrative if they didn't have that it just there were some weird things with the way they cut some parts of the film. I, I didn't. Oh, yeah. Because like. I this is in the first you know three yeah, minutes of the movie, so yeah, I'm not going to go and feel like this is a spoiler for anybody that does want to see it. But space shuttle crash lands in the middle of like China or something like that. Malaysia. 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 Thank you. Yeah, there's a salvage team there going and picking up all the pieces. Uh, 
And this thing has clearly been crashed for a while. There's a salvage team going and trying to pick stuff up. And they go and find Colonel Jameson of, you know, the Spider-Man Jamesons of the J. Jonah variety. The son yeah. of J. Jonah. Yeah. Uh, they find him just somehow survived this space shuttle crash a ways away from the shuttle. Like, how the hell did nobody see this? Which is, I think, actually from a narrative building perspective, actually a smart move. It goes and adds some intrigue, some interest. But instead, they go and cut back to evil Elon Musk, which is the only name I could go and give the <laughs> title <laughs> villain, because that's all I can think of every time I see him. It's just evil Elon Musk. Yeah. Yeah. Like, this is not the guy that started the boring company. This is the guy that went and started the I am extremely dangerous company. And then, I don't know, he just kind of lost his balls and never went and released the product. I am the extremely dangerous company. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Keep... yeah the, the Life Foundation, as it's called. Um, yeah. Hmm. But yeah, they go and cut back to this command center thing and they're like reacting in real time. But then they're going and taking Jameson off in this ambulance and going and driving him back somewhere. And then the symbiote comes out of him and crashes the damn thing. Mm. And it's yeah. like, how would this not be relevant? Like, how would you not suspect that there was another one of these symbiotes that had gotten loose from the ones that were there? Well, they did know one was missing because that was the whole part of it. They're like, one's missing. We know there's four samples. The other one broke out. Yeah. I don't think they knew it could be inside people by then, did they? Or did they? They they were trying to go and do that with the human experiment. So, I mean, logic would go and dictate they did. That was one of the big problems is that the logic in this movie was not good. They just lost one of them and then they never. Yeah, they never searched for it. Yeah, exactly, which is just weird as all hell, especially after that suspicious crash and, you know, the ambulance driver going and ripping out of the roof of the thing. This like, really, this is not suspicious at all. Not suspicious at all. Really? Really? I don't and know. And then we just go to several months later and, oh, hey, this, this yeah. is where we're at. I, uh, I, I think you have to chalk that up to it was just like it was lost. And then there are people searching for it, but they just couldn't find it. Yeah, and then yeah, I, I, I still feel like there was some editing issues there. But honestly, that's the only place that I felt like there were those kind of issues with editing. Yeah, the rest of it actually did feel pretty cohesive. The yeah. story is generic as. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's just a generic story. There is. There is not really a Venom origin story in this. It's just, oh, this is how Venom happened in a generic story. Yeah, which and I think is kind of what you have to expect because I don't know how you, it's like the character itself is so was so two dimensional of a character. It was just it was a product of the 90s of yeah. like same with Deadpool and Venom are big examples of that where they're just they're He's a crazy character that likes to bite people's heads off and yeah. Going into that movie, so my uh, my friend and I went and watched it, and he was just like, he was very apprehensive. Like, it's a PG movie. How are they going to do this? Venom's a guy that like literally bites people's heads off. Yeah, PG thirteen like, of the death. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, I don't know how they're going to do that. And fuck, that was like a huge thing in that. That was like a trope in that movie. Yeah. So they they were like, yeah, that happens. It does shit. And I think I think they handled it as best they could. Like, this is kind of what you expect from this kind of movie. It's... Yeah, it's it's such a weird one because you're trying to go and take... And I just want to make a point here that I really could care less about the whole Spider-Man movie intellectual property deal. Marvel was going out of business in the late 90s. They got saved going and licensing this stuff off to everybody. And until they went and made that desperate move to save the company when it was on the verge of bankruptcy a second time with Iron Man, Mm -hmm. they didn't know how to manage their properties back then. They did this to themselves going and having Sony Pictures basically owning outright this entire character catalog that is attached to Spider-Man. I could care less one way or another if he ended up exclusively with the MCU or if Sony keeps getting to make their films. Right now, both Sony and uh, Marvel are making bank off of this mm-hmm. because Marvel has basically given them full permission to go and use anything that they want, even characters that were not originally part of the intellectual property agreement. And in exchange, Marvel gets to go and have Sony foot the bill for future Spider-Man movies like Homecoming and Far From Home. They get to produce that. They get to foot the bill on it. 
yes, Sony gets more money off of it, but Marvel is also making bank off of it because it goes and builds the MCU franchises and they're going and getting all the merchandising rights. Yeah. Right now, those two are having a really good partnership. Yes. Venom is made by Sony. Venom's a Sony film. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's amazing that the people who made the Emoji movie is making Venom. I, yeah. It's funny because Sony Pictures either produces brilliance or crap. This is a weird one that falls itself in the middle. <laughs> uh, this is what we talked about before. Uh, also, Sony has that other Spider-Man film yeah. going to come out in Christmas, which looks awesome that I want. I cannot wait for Into the Spider-Verse. Yeah. Um, also, so also, 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 um, I heard a rumor that they might be bringing back the Andrew Garfield universe and that uh, this Venom is part of that one. There is that rumor that's going around, but it doesn't seem that Sony's that interested in that idea. They do definitely want to have a separate Spider-Man universe from the MCU, but it sounds like they might be going a different direction than that. I think more likely you're going to see them going and utilizing Miles Morales since the MCU has said that's not going to be a character that they're going to utilize at any point in their current planning. Hmm. I think that they're going and using Enter the Spider-Verse as a foot in the door. Because you're making a, a Venom movie without Spider-Man. Mm -hmm. That's kind of a hard thing to go and do if you're still going to have Spider-Man continuity. But if you go and have an alternate universe, like where Miles Morales originally came from, that opens you up to a lot of potential. It does. And if you're planning on making this into a bigger deal, this could really work out nicely. Especially with the recent announcement that... Sony's moving forward with pre-production and development of a Silver Sable movie, which character featured very prominently in the new Spider-Man game. It is. Yeah. And they're playing a game here, and I think they're being very smart about it. And once again, Marvel makes bank off of this stuff because they still maintain all the merchandising rights. Yeah. So they're just going to go along with this. This is very different than like Fox and the Fantastic Four franchise where, so or where uh, Marvel gets nothing. Yeah, but they're just making movies so they keep it. So exactly. Lose Although it. January first, it's not going to matter. Hmm. What do you guys think about? There was I haven't seen the movie, but I heard during the credits there was an allusion to a Carnage movie. I feel like that'd be really boring and could definitely not be PG thirteen. What are your thoughts on that? This this is kind of interesting because. Um, I, I got to get the one thing that got me about Venom because initially as I'm watching it, I was almost kind of disappointed with the direction they took Venom at first. Like when we first got to get a little bit of the personality behind the whole thing, because he almost comes off kind of goofy, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, very playful. That's I guess that's the humor in the movie, too, though. So. Yeah. And it was when I realized. OK. The trailers were horrible. They made me think that I was watching a horror film. This is a buddy comedy. It is. Yeah. And suddenly I'm like, oh my God, this is how you do it. Yeah. Like, I. It's not a good movie. I stand by that. The script is terrible. Although weird because the characters themselves, I felt like were really well written. Yeah. And actually really well acted. But it's I like... love Tom Hardy regardless. But even the supporting cast, Dan. Fucking Dr. Dan. I love this guy. <laughs> it it does it does feel like this is a movie is like a necessity. It's like a it's you need this movie to get out of the way, so it is like the generic foothold of where to start. And yeah. so it is just like a generic plot. I like the characters, like I liked I liked the connections between them. Like I didn't hate any characters, I didn't think any of that was bad, but it was nothing that like caught me off guard and they were just like it was a movie it was generic it was there but i think that's it setting its baseline to yeah. then build upon which i i think is good because like when uh when i saw the whole carnage stuff i'm like i believe carnage was added afterwards so that was also part of the editing of stuff of like yeah that wasn't initially made it was that was a post thing yeah. that they added that was also super hyped and awesome and i was just like yeah, I well, want to see it. I want that's like these are this is wet dream characters that you are really cool. They're just cool characters you want to see because like when I watched the uh, the animated Spider Man and then Red Comics, those were those were the 
crazy characters that you wanted to see because they were like psychotic, evil, kind of anti-hero sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're sometimes evil, sometimes good, but they're just anti-hero where uh, Carnage is just evil. He's an evil character. Yeah. Like the whole, either, I think that's, I think the thing about the symbiotes is like, you either you don't know anything about the symbiotes or you are in love with the symbiotes and like, yeah. you're just a fanboy of them. So well, everything's so anti-hero now too. Like there's no actual like villains anymore. I like, it's less popular to make a villain and most villain is more interesting because they'll have a redemption story. Loki, I would say is a key example of this. People love to, you know, be frustrated by him. Mm-hmm. Uh, even the main antagonist in Black Panther he had his redemption moment. We want empathizable villains. Carnage is not that. So I don't know if in this climate and in this market that would do well. Yeah, but I think that that's also looking at it from a different kind of film perspective. The MCU has done a great job of developing these multi-angled villain characters. And they're getting better about it because I have had problems with Marvel's villains as a whole for a while. Uh because, yeah, a lot of them are just kind of, okay, I've seen this in another film. Or they don't know how to go and do a real bad guy well. Mm-hmm. Like, Hela's story in Ragnarok mm-hmm. actually, I thought, worked really well. Thanos is an identifiable villain, but you still hate him. You hate what he does. Yeah. You know, there's no justification for how far he takes things, even though you understand his motivations. They've done a nice job with that. This, This is not trying to do that. This one made an unapologetic villain in evil Elon Musk. And while not the best example of one, Uh fit into that whole, it's a buddy comedy film. It's like a buddy cop comedy is kind of the Uh way that I look at it. You know, minus the actual cop part. Yeah. Yeah. So he's the generic stand-in villain for any one of these things. I mean, look at the guy from the other guys. You know, the the Will Ferrell, Mark Wahlberg movie. It's just... Well, so... Um, the original Venom was very much like a Jekyll and Hyde type mm. situation. And I felt like there were a lot of callbacks to that. And, and a lot of things will, you know, reference classic literature to, you know, to do that. Uh, do you feel like it references that? Or do you feel like it kind of has its own take on the duality of the character of Venom? I think it takes its own angle. I mean, I, I don't know how you feel on that, Tyler. But... Um, so... I want to say uh, the original Venom, it was Eddie Brock. Uh, the uh, the symbiote uh, was sentient, but it didn't like talk to him in that mm-hmm. sense. It was just like they were, it was Eddie Brock, and then the symbiote just enhanced some of his feelings. And so Eddie Brock was just turning evil, basically, because the symbiote was making him. Yeah, it was influencing that. him yeah. rather than going and directly speaking to him. Yeah, where in this, it was like, them just basically talking to each other so it's like a character on character was definitely different um i haven't seen that i can't even think if there is any other characters like that normally it's just like yeah because the symbiotes it's just they become one the symbiote takes them over and then they become one person um but the symbiote never really talked it would it would become full Mm where they talk to each other Mm -hmm. Yugi from Yu-Gi-Oh! And <laughs> Yugi. Yeah. I, I guess, it's closer to that <laughs> than it is like the Spider-Man cartoon symbiotes where it all just melded into we. Yes. You know, it yeah, was less, that was the big thing. It was it's like, it was we. Yeah, this, they were two different personalities that definitely had influence on each other. Yeah. And that's something that actually works, I think, pretty well. It's just a shame the script was so bad. Like, the whole plan with Venom, because Venom tells you what the plan from the symbiotes is, basically yeah. from the get-go. Yeah. So you know exactly what his motivation is. And then it's just at one point, it completely changes on its head. It Why does. you change your mind? You, Eddie. And it's like, what the hell does that even mean? It's like the only way like, that I can I think like that this. is yeah. he's influencing Venom the same way that Venom is influencing him. Yeah, it was a very, it was very a 180 on the idea. Yeah. And it's, so I think, but that's... I think that had to be the way they're writing it is to make him a hero. Yeah. So you're making him a good guy. So he's got a guy who's kind of an asshole inside him who would like to eat heads and be that kind of guy. But Eddie Brock is <laughs> there. Know, that kind of yeah. guy. <laughs> so, yeah, but like in the, 
in the original, it was just like the symbiote would take him over and influence and make Eddie because Eddie Brock uh, was always just kind of a spiteful evil guy. Like he was a reporter, uh, but Peter Parker is always doing better than him every time. So we just always be getting mad at Peter Parker and just be wanting to like kill him. And so yeah. the symbiote would go, Ooh, this guy's got rage inside of him. I can just attach to him and then influence that rage and make him actually do those things by giving him power. Yes. Um, I want revenge on the Spider-Man that went and betrayed me and ripped me off. Yeah. So that's where that's always came from. But in this, it's more like the symbiote. Yeah, the symbiotes were never really, uh, they were sentient, uh, but not self-aware. That's the word I was looking for, self-aware. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, these ones, two words. Yeah, these ones definitely were self-aware. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because in the in the in the original symbiotes, they're like, yeah, they're sentient beings, but they were like animalistic. They're they had yeah. their basic attached to something, survive, eat, multiply. You know, yeah, the multiply thing was yeah. yeah, it was a hive mind. Yeah, but then in this, yeah, they're just like self-aware sentient beings, and they just had like a conversations and be like, I want to eat that guy's head. <laughs> let's eat their heads and put them in a corner. Why? I don't know. Bunch of heads in the corner, bunch of bodies in the other corner. I think it'd be cool. It's like, yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's, that's venom, right? And I was like, that would be kind of, yeah. yeah those, so, those moments were like adorable. So, I absolutely love this guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It makes you endearing to that. So I don't know. Yeah. yeah. It's, it was yeah. good. I, it, I, I can't, I've come, I've come from that movie with fond memories of it. Exactly. It's a, it's a weird thing. And the thing that's blowing my mind, while it did not make anywhere near as much money, it actually had a lower week-to-week uh, -week drop than Avengers uh, Infinity War did. So not only did it break box office records for a release in this month, but it's also managed to break another record in not dropping down the same way. People are actually into this movie. And I got to be honest with Woody Harrelson going and playing Carnage. Yeah. I'm like, mm, he is a goofy motherfucker. It's him playing. Is. Yeah. Yeah. Him playing an evil alien symbiote asshole in a, a world path. where Eddie Brock and Venom are a buddy comedy. I want this. <laughs> I fucking want this. Give me this movie. Aww. Sony, just this is the first time I'm gonna say it. Don't Sony, you keep making Spider-Man movies. <laughs> what do you yeah. guys think? So, Venom and the Hulk, I would say, have some similarities. Mm -hmm. Yet one is viewed as definitively a hero, and one is viewed as definitively a villain. So it's interesting that the way they're approaching this movie, they're you know not being as definitive with Venom. It seems kind of like a different take on a character that's been so often viewed in one way. What do you guys it's, think about that? Like those those comparisons. How would those two compare? I think oh. you're I think you're definitely right because in some respects the Hulk is actually a bigger danger than Venom is. Yes. Yeah. And yet yeah, because he's done a few heroic things, he gets looked at as a hero despite, you know, his anger and flaws. And Venom, even in the comics, has done some heroic things. But at the same time, it's like, well, but you also ate people's heads. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's it is kind of interesting. And this movie, in some respects, if this was an incredible Hulk movie, I think it would be praised in a lot of ways for the same reason. Because this is not a venom that's a villain. Hmm. It's just not. Like it kind of starts off like it could be. But ultimately, Eddie Brock is the one that's going and leading this whole thing. Like his whole motivation to go and take down evil Elon Musk and the Life Foundation is really what motivates the entire story. Venom's motives really mean nothing in this film. Yeah. You know, he's yeah. just the big hulking monster that makes the bad guys go away. Um, yeah, uh, my idea is uh, those are a whole lot more similar, though. Like now that I think about it, is it is too self-aware character even more so with um uh now with the hulk the hulk yeah uh, actually has like personality but that didn't come out until ragnarok before that he was just very 
kind of <laughs> yeah, mad and angry and smash stuff. <laughs> that is a whole lot more venom like original venom like than what the new venom is where it's just like the symbiote would take over his body and it would still be eddie brock there but the symbiote never really yeah it was never yeah. never never like spoke to it's weird it's just yeah no a- like amy you actually have like, created a thought experiment here with that one well done so Yay. good thing that's where four blue moons get me so the moral of the story is you should just buy me alcohol whenever i'm around <laughs> well, i mean don't i Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, no, that's what I say. It's like it's a way to uh, make, I guess, um, to make it more like a good, uh, like a hero or anti-hero, like that. Is you got to make the other half more self-aware. But if it becomes more analytic, then it becomes the Jekyll and Hyde thing of like you're a good human being, but once the thing takes over, you have no control. You can't do anything. It just you got to let it run its course and then whatever happens happens. And if you do something evil, you do something evil. Um, where in the other half, if it's like you're both sentient, then the other person is accountable, I guess. And so if they do something good, it's because they wanted to, or if they do something bad, it's not, but then it's not like the loss of sentience from the other person. They're both there being a pair. Yeah. Oh, oh man, too much thought for a simple movie. <laughs> I, I know, I know. Once but again, actually, it's not a good story. The story itself is shit. The story is the worst a, part of this film. It's not a bad story. I don't know. I, I'd still put this in the it's thoroughly generic, underthought, and constantly gets in its own way. That's what I mean. It's just like it's a generic story. That's why there's there could be it could be way worse. Uh, but it, it's just generic. So that's why it's just like a it's a story. It's a story you had to happen where nothing crazy happens it's all about just being brought down and then he fights the bad guy and that's that and it's just like done yeah so one of the other things that's really weird to me so i i read a lot of critic reviews on this film just because this is such a weird thing and i was just kind of curious on what some people were going to say and one of the things that i kept running across and i'm starting to wonder if there's just a reviewer cabal because like half of them were saying Oh, and the film is riddled with pacing issues and bad cuts. And it's like, what were they watching? Because I got to say, I was entertained all the way through. You know, maybe I was entertained for a different reason than what they thought I was supposed to be entertained by. When he got into the lobster tank. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Tom Hardy overheating and going crazy looking for any living meat. Yeah. Oh, my God. That. Tom Hardy's a great actor. I, I honestly convinced that he could do pretty much any role. Well, that's, that's another thing. It's like he he was really good in this. I oh yeah, enjoyed no, he, him a lot in this movie. Yeah, no. I mean, you think about this guy as being Bane, and you think about him as being Mad Max. No, this this is a whole different kind of thing, and I absolutely loved him in it. Like I said, I thought the cast as a whole was great. Uh, even evil Elon Musk with on how limited his character was, I still thought he was acting well in the role. It was an archetype. Like, it is a generic archetype. Um, hit hit a whole lot of points. But again, it's just like, that's why I think it is just an entry movie. It just, you have to hit those points. You have to set your status quo. Try not to do anything super crazy because then that's when it could really flop. But then you're not trying anything out know. there mostly enjoyed what you call an entry movie to a superhero series. Mm-hmm. Origin stories are the best part of the superhero stories. Uh, most superhero movies fall into categories of like the rise of that hero and then like that hero doing stuff. And then like I feel like Spider-Man 3 with Tobey Maguire was the fall of that hero which is never really accomplished. Which, mm-hmm. is, which is very rarely done or done yeah. well. Uh, yeah. So I just really like, I like the first one, I like the rise. I like the origin story. Origin stories are my shit. So to treat it like a chore to get a series going and would, would not be, would be a waste in my opinion. And So I don't know if that's what it was, but I really hope not because the origin story for me is the best part. I And here's the thing. I actually think that this in some respects is a great example of a good origin story because it didn't overthink it. It didn't need to be prophetic or anything like that. Yeah. yeah. Cause some of these movies, like 
I really enjoyed uh, Doctor Strange. I think that that yeah. is a really fun film. But I will say there are points in it, especially towards the beginning, where it seems like they're trying to make a much bigger deal out of who this man is than what he accomplishes ultimately later on. Like, the rise is greater than the accomplishment. And I don't know if that always works. Yeah, like, when Iron Man first came out, that was kind of an interesting thing. But I don't know on how well that's aged now that that formula gets copied so much over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. And then seeing this one, where they just chose to completely sidestep the whole thing and just go with, you know what? This is not the origin story you know. We're just going to kind of do it our own way and we're going to have fun with it. And I feel like we actually got more of the character mm-hmm. rather than an overly encompassed and somewhat plot or plot burdened story mm-hmm. like some of the other origins that are out there. I appreciate I, when people have fun. And you, I like that you said that. You can yeah. tell when somebody has fun making a movie. And it's rare. People are so calculating now what's going to do well in the box office, you know? And yeah. I'm sure some of that went into it, but you can tell somebody had fun with the movie, and that's that's fucking refreshing. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, I think they, I think they knew what they were making. They were like, it's uh, they tried not to overthink it, and yeah, it's uh, they're like, we're making an event movie, uh, it might flop. Oh well, we'll make what we can, because yeah, I don't know, I I enjoyed it. It was it was it's what I expected, because like. Sorry, I finished your thought. <laughs> uh, yeah. No. Oh, what, what is my thought? You just made me lose my train of thought. I just, <laughs> anyway, I just, oh, oh, shit. Uh, yeah, no, I was just repeating myself where, again, it is just like it's an orange movie and yeah, it, it's there. But it's it wasn't crazy. It was just like, boom, you're, yeah. you're Venom now. This is you dealing with Venom. You're like, oh, okay. And it, everything was accomplished pretty quickly yeah so there wasn't really a whole lot of strife like there was the one scene where just like he overheated and gotten there and yeah i don't know yeah no it's but it accomplished oh, I, I remember what i was gonna say yeah um those kind of films you when i'm watching films it's uh if you ever look at critics or users was it it's always the two it's the critics versus the, the audience uh, the audience and if one likes it the other one hates it because the audience is like the general masses and so those kinds of movies are normally very generic and are appealing to everyone uh where critics hate that because they're pretentious um and then the other way around where you go watch those really dramas very dry dramas that win lots of awards because they're based on a real story and everyone has there's no hoppiness in it whatsoever, and everyone dies at the end. Critics love those, and they're like, it's so compelling. It made you feel emotions. Aren't good popcorn movies. A lot of audiences don't want to go out and watch that. They want to go watch a funny buddy comedy because it's actiony. It's laughs. I got an hour to go. I only go out to the movies so often a year. You go out to the movies every fucking day. So I know. Much. I'm talking. I'm talking about general audience. They only go out so often and they're only going to see. Yeah. And they want to, they want to be entertained. They don't want to go there and feel shitty about their lives to then go back to work and feel shitty about their lives. (laughs) (laughs) So the only time I've ever really seen, like uh, the one that really comes to mind where I saw both critics and audience really loved it was like the Lego movie. (laughs) Really surprised. It's like Lego movie, which is really good. And like both critics and audiences loved it. Because it yeah. was just all around, like yeah, there's just movies like that. It's it's hard to please both. So yeah, guys, mm-hmm. chicken butt. We were going to talk about Halloween movies, and we didn't. Oh my god! Yeah, no, I did not. Okay. <laughs> we were going to talk about Halloween movies. We were going to talk about Halloween movies, and then we went into Venom. And are the critics wrong? I don't know. It's Wait, so did the critics like this movie or hate this movie? Oh, they hate it. So oh, I'm, yeah. look, I'm looking yeah. at Rotten Tomatoes right now, and it has changed even from week number one when the movie came out. So when I first was going and looking at this before I decided I was going to see it, 
because uh, there was no press night or anything like that for me. Uh, critic rating was at 25% on mm -hmm. there. And audience score was at 70. Today, it's 31% for critics, so even that's ticked up. And 88% hmm. for audiences. Interesting. Yeah. Like I said, this it's a movie with flaws, but it's really entertaining. It accomplishes what, in a lot of respects, a movie should do. It's not always about making you think. Sometimes it's just about entertaining you and taking you out of the world. I dare I say I found myself having... There are more moments in this that I remember than there were even in a lot of the MCU movies. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what? am I still going to watch the MCU movies? Am I going to recommend them well, more? Well, mostly yeah. with the exception of Thor and Thor of the Dark World, you know. Go see Venom oh. instead of those ones. Oh, Thor of the Dark World. I don't remember anything from Thor of Dark World. <laughs> Nothing happened in that movie. Yeah. No, the first one he said, here's a stone. Okay, it's over here now. Done. Movie's done. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, it's like Thor gets cast down to Earth. Another slam. Get the hammer back. I don't. I don't remember the rest of the movie. That that was. I don't even remember. Did he? Did he lose the hammer again in that movie? No, no, just in the first film. It's like, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's my recap of the first one. The second one, the stone is here, and now the stone is here. Done. Yes. Yeah. First, first one is just like <laughs> there, small. There were three town. things that happened in the first one. There were two things that happened in the second. Yeah, it's just like <laughs> we revealed the new stone. Everyone's like, oh, and they've now got the stone, and they put it here, and you're like, ah, oh, okay. Yeah. This character now has it, who is then represented in other movies and then had a really good scene in Infinity War. Yeah. I like that scene. That was a fucking plot twist scene. I love that scene. It was great. I know, right? You're thinking, <laughs> like, oh shit, they're going to do it. And then it's just like, no, you're, you're way behind. He's already got that stone. And this whole yeah. thing was that fucking stone. He's just like standing like, ha, fucking punked you. Aston Kutcher standing there. I, I, oh, <laughs> I love that scene. I love that scene. It actually got you a little Ooh. emotional and then, ah, rips it away from you. <laughs> yeah, you fucking got punked. Oh. Anyway, Thanos let's, let's talk Halloween movies. Time, time. Do we have time? Should we just save that? Do we want to talk Halloween movies next week? I mean, we can. It'll be before Halloween. Yeah. You want to do that? Do we, do we just want to talk Halloween movies next week? Have yeah. we made this to the Venom cast? Venom cast. <laughs> yes. Yes. Hello and welcome to Venom, where we talk about Tom Hardy. <laughs> where I undress Tom Hardy. I mean, what? <laughs> you, know what you know what I like better than this than I did like in Spider-Man 3 is like I hated in Spider-Man 3 where every time they had Venom talking, half his face would be revealed. Yeah. I did not like that. It bothered I, me. It, I don't know. I've got some weird feelings about the whole Sam Raimi trilogy. Like, yeah, I've got a lot of problems with Spider-Man 3, but I recently re-watched them uh, just because I saw Blu-ray and had all three of them in there. It's like, you know what? I don't have this on Blu-ray. I, I need this. I, I need to watch this back. And I'm watching them all back, and I'm coming to a realization that those movies, they are kind of a product of their time, but they're also actually doing one of the better roles. I, I try to figure out why Spider-Man still resonates with me so much that particular trilogy and why it didn't work with the Andrew Garfield films that came afterwards. And it's like, there's no reason why the Andrew Garfield films shouldn't have worked. They had better effects. They had better technicals. Oh no, uh, it's characters. Their characters weren't. And that was part of it. But the other thing as well is that the way that the film itself was designed, the way that the story was scripted, the way that it was shot in a lot of respects, it didn't stand out in any way. Like the MCU films have done a great job of being consistent despite having multiple directors for the most part, you know, Thor and Thor, the dark world being the notable exceptions. They've got oh, a great galaxies and Ragnarok were also drastically different too. They weren't drastically different, but, but they still had way. certain. Yeah. But they had the right kind of tonalities where it still felt like it could go and work in this universe. Cause you're also talking about absolutely fucking ridiculous things, but you're also doing it in space. So it doesn't feel as grounded to earth the same way. And then credit where it's due. Uh, the first Avengers and infinity war did a great job of being able to go and meld all those elements together. In the case of the Sam Raimi Spider-Man films, watching the back, they are, they are comic book campy in all the right ways. Like I always love Sam Raimi's directing style anyway. 
But watching it back, I'm realizing part of the charm for it was the fact that it totally embraced the comic book nature of things. Because, like, the Green Goblin... The Green Goblin is not scary in that. That whole face, like, just having William Defoe and having <laughs> that voice with that mask looking goofy and adorable all at the same time as a villain is just so campy and so funny, and it works so well. It captures the spirit of Spider-Man. It's entertaining. It's fun where it needs to be, and it's emotional where it needs to be. Spider-Man 2... Continue that onward. The relationship with Doc Ock was really good. The action was still really cartoonish, but the character was definitely more developed and into his own. The third one lost a lot in terms of the way that everything worked with the story, but even still, it maintained that cartoonish campiness. And like, I didn't like it when the first time that I watched it. This time, I actually found myself liking it a little bit more than the first time. It's like, you know what? It still feels like a Sam Raimi Spider Man film. You okay there? Yes. <laughs> okay. You spilt again? Yep. The desk must be so sticky. Probably. From my semen. Ha! I don't know if Just to clarify, fun. we're talking about the ones from the Dreamcast game, right? Seaman. I just watched the complete history of that. <laughs> <laughs> On uh, Dan Iverson's channel? Yeah, boy, that's like my new fave. Ah, oh, I knew you'd Just love him. Just kidding, Donkey's my boy. Ah! Who I've met, by the way. Yep. Like, comment, subscribe. Yep. But uh, yeah, I just, I just like it. Stop. Oh. No, it's good. It's good. We love Donkey. It's good. No, whatever, whatever that fucking guy's doing. <laughs> Sorry, I could see myself on your screen, so I was Where? watching myself. Because yeah. the camera's pointed so way down, I could just see the screen. Oh, but yeah, the the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies and uh, Spider-Man three. I've learned a little bit more about that movie as time's gone along and on how Sony was really trying to go and push for extra stuff to be in there. The whole Venom introduction wasn't even supposed to be in that movie. It was something that they went and forced in uh, pretty much at the last second. Like they were trying to build up Eddie Brock and we're going to do something with it later, but they just ended up forcing him into Spider-Man three. I just and felt that's all you got. No Spider-Man Four. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Spider-Man no. is my favorite superhero because he's a nerd. Yeah, he is like a nerd. You guys. Yeah, he's extremely relatable, and I like that. And yeah, oh, have... shit. There is a female Venom too. Yep. Oh <laughs> god, the female Venom. That was hot. That uh, I feel weird saying this, but yeah, that kind of was. Just what? What? That was kind of weird. That was weird. There, it was there's weird, the but it worked. Like, this, this is totally a Ruben Fleischer film. Like, it just is. If you've seen Zombieland or 30 Minutes or Less, you know what I'm talking about saying that. Yeah, yeah. It's just one of those kind of movies, and it's very clear that this is the director. It's The guy's weird, but I like him. He's fun. That tongue, though. That tongue. I don't know. But yeah, you're back to talking like Spider-Man 3. I still think Spider-Man 3 was a big thing because the black suit Spider-Man was like a big thing. Yeah. No, it definitely was. And honestly, another weird thing is like the first half of the movie. Oh, they did the bell scene too, didn't they? Which was super awesome. Like, I like that. When they did the bell scene, I was just like, yes, this is what I was waiting for in this movie. Because I was... When I was watching the movie, I was just like, I'm waiting for the symbiote because that's a that's the whole yeah. secret wars, and that's a, that's a fucking big part of Spider-Man. Anyone who knows knows. Yeah, no, it's the first half of that movie I actually kind of liked. I mean, yeah, there's some really, you know, meme things that's become as time's oh. gone along, you know, the emo Peter Parker dancing, but that's that's part of what I mean by Sam Raimi. He's just got this cartoonish style. And like in any other movie. Anybody would have just walked out of the film. For some reason in that one, we all stuck around and we laughed. What the fuck is going on here? Yeah. Yeah. And like, I I don't know. I I find myself rather endeared to that movie despite having criticized it for over a decade now. This is weird for me to be going and saying the film's not that bad. It's bad, but not that bad. It's definitely the worst one that they did in terms of, you know, that Spider-Man trilogy. But I'd still go and say... 
it's probably the fourth best Spider-Man movie that's been made. I'm pretty confident saying that. <laughs> really? Yeah. Because I still go and put uh, Spider-Man 1, then Spider-Man 2, then Homecoming, and then number three. And none and of then, the Andrew Garfields? Yeah, then Amazing Spider-Man and Amazing Spider-Man 2. Because I still can't go and give Amazing Spider-Man 2 any credit. Too many characters, too many subplots, not enough resolution, and obvious at every... Yes. Every turn was obvious. That's what I mean. Like, it was very badly written. And I think yeah. it, could, it could have been written better. But, like, oh, I, I don't know. They also, they tried to put too much into it. Because, like, that's, like, the setup to Sinister Six, which would have been awesome. Like, Sinister Six is awesome. But then, yeah, you have the problem of too many characters going into it. And I don't know. I don't know how you fix that. It's I, amazing. It's amazing how um, Infinity War has done it. But yeah. I guess they had like fucking how many movers to set that up. And then when a character jumps in there, you don't have to go, who's this character? We have to now establish a new character. You go, no, you know who that character is. It's yeah. already, it's been established. They can, you can see, you already know Peter Parker, or not Peter Parker. Oh, he was also in there. Peter yeah. Parker, Tony Stark, and Star-Lord. And you're like, I already know these characters. They've all had multiple movies by themselves already. So it's just a wet dream seeing them interact with each other. It's like someone's fan fiction. And, yeah. it's, and it it pays off and strides. And you're just like, it's exactly what I thought would happen. Yeah. And it's so great. <laughs> no, and that, like, that if this is my fan fiction, why aren't any of them wearing fezzes? They <laughs> should all be wearing fezzes. And they should be This super isn't how I wrote it. <laughs> Where's the sex scene? <laughs> No, I thought that was only in her friend fiction. Oh. Friend. <laughs> Don't be awkward. <laughs> I've read her friend fiction. So Also, you text some really fun things drunk, I just want to say. I'm talking to Tyler, not Amy. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's what I must say. It's just like those those movies to get a Sinister Six movie, you have to have that be the third or fourth one. We yeah. have established at least two characters, like two supervillains that then come back, and then yeah. you can throw in the rest. Oh, I have yeah. six of them. So yeah, no, that that'd be difficult. Like part of um, because I've seen Infinity War way too many damn times. Like that is a film study in and of itself. How they made that thing work? Because by all rules of classic cinema, that should not work. That film should not be able to work with that many title characters with that much focus points. And what I've come to realize watching it as many times as I have is that it, and a lot of this actually came through my father because he had not seen a lot of uh, the phase three films. So like he'd seen Thor Ragnarok. Uh, trying to think here. He'd seen Thor Ragnarok. He'd seen Ant-Man, which you know, didn't play into it. Probably will for the next one. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he hadn't really seen a lot in terms of uh, the phase three films. So he didn't know every one of these characters. He hadn't seen Black Panther beforehand. He immediately afterwards wanted to see Black Panther. So he went from the movie theater back to my place and watched it. But he didn't know who uh, Black Panther was. He didn't know who, uh, what, what's his sister's name? Is it Suri? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, but then. But he totally followed who they her who they were supposed to be. Like that film did a good job of establishing so many, or I should say, the previous films had done such a good job of establishing the characters that even if you didn't know a couple of them, it still worked because they never gave too much focus to any one character. That's true. Because they, like, they didn't need to. There's, I think that was also part of the idea. Is like you, if you've already made a movie towards them, when they show up, you're like, oh, you don't, you don't need more of this. You've already got all of it. Anymore yeah. is just excess, so they can just be a character there. That's what's what's ever. And no, I get that. Yeah, yeah. Like he didn't even remember who the hell Vision was, and I mean, I really don't blame him. I don't think they've done a great job with that character as a whole. Like Age of Ultron, uh, plot device is the best way I can describe him, and, and well, a little bit of Civil War. Civil War is, I think, the only place that we... Well, I mean, he hasn't really been in that many films, so I mean, I gotta get that one out of the way. Civil War had a couple of good moments with him, 
but ultimately I would still say that he's kind of a lost character in a lot of respects because mm-hmm. he was made far too important with not enough real buildup in Age of Ultron mm-hmm. and then following that up in Civil War with him going and being this intellectual character without us really having any foothold in it is still kind of awkward though ultimately I think it works more than it doesn't um, but the they actually, yeah. he's supposed to be way powerful and it's like you hit the problem where like you have a character that's too powerful and you yeah. gotta nerf him somehow and yeah. he just does nothing. And that's how you nerf him. It's like he's. Yeah. Well, and the one thing I think they did really good with him was him going and shooting down Rhodey in uh, Civil War. That showed just how powerful a character he is because nobody else has really been able to do something like that to one of these Iron Man characters. Yeah. And he accidentally took out his own teammate and basically crippled him from the waist down. Yeah. That's. That made for a good dramatic moment in there, and I think helped to go and cement a lot of the struggle that the character had been dealing with previously in the movie. But ultimately, you could have still had the film without him, and it would have worked. And then in Infinity War, we got him once again as a plot device. He works really well yeah. as a plot device, I'm yeah, finding. He is that. That is, that is a good idea for me. He is a plot device, and then that keeps him there and always doing something, and it's just like, yeah... Yeah, because he well, has some of the larger screen time of the whole movie, and it's like, yeah. he's the MacGuffin. <laughs> I guess that's always a good way to do it. It's like you have a character that you don't know where to fit. You just make him the plot device. I've done that. Uh, I'm going to talk nerd. Nah, I do that for Pathfinder sometimes. Um, when I have a running a campaign, I'll just make a character a plot device. And mm-hmm. pros is, with being a plot device, you do have your plot device shield. So you can normally get away with doing a lot of crazy things and not die because you are running the ship. You're a plot device. You have that shield. You have that armor on you. Um, But then you also have the cons of fate is Mm -hmm. like, whatever is going to happen to you that will resolve the plot is going to happen to you. And there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. So I mean, I don't think anybody was surprised with what happened to him at the end of infinity war. Um, it was cool though. I oh, like the way they, they did, did it. Great, they fucking I, I, did a twist again. Fucking Thanos is all about the twist. He's just like, oh shit, you beat me. No, you didn't. Yeah, he did that multiple times in that movie. He was oh my god, a step ahead. Okay, yeah, that must have been hard. I forget if I'm you. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I know how you feel more than anyone. Yeah. Anyways, oh. reversed. Yep. <laughs> you lost. Um. Yeah. You should have aimed for the head. Did we, yeah. Did we ever talk about him being the main character? Mm-hmm. I think Is we touched ever... on that. Because I like I've watched it again recently, and it was just like, how do you make a whole bunch of main characters not the main character? And he's like, well, you make the newest front a main character, which was Thanos. You revolve the story around him, and so he is like, he feels like the main character that you're following all the time. And then everyone else is just doing their own thing. Well, that's just it. So, he was the A storyline. Yeah. And everybody else was the B through Z. Because there were that yeah. many characters. <laughs> so, yeah, we're watching a movie. We're watching Thanos, the movie. Yeah, basically. And he won at the end, too. So, technically, yeah. Yeah, no, that's just it. I can't call him the hero, but he definitely was the... <sighs> yeah. Would protagonist. You describe... Yeah, protagonist? I guess, yeah, yeah, he was the protagonist. He had, yeah. you know... Bad motives and all that stuff, but you could say the same thing about Venom in a lot of respects. Yeah, so it's just like he was the protagonist in this. He was the one that was going and like he had his all scenes by himself doing stuff. And so you're seeing that um, with the whole of like uh, him getting that soul stone. Like that was just him there doing it. Like no one else was around. And yeah, I don't know. That's, That's a weird thing. It's like I think that's I think that's a great way if they're planning to do that way to make how do you make a movie with where every single character is the main character? How do you make the main character? Well, you take the other guy who is the bad guy who was never the main character and make him. It. So I guess it is. It's like, how do you make the main character main character? You don't. They're all not. None of them are. That's how you decide. No one gets it. Yeah, I. Oh, man, I, I, I do love that character. I'm really looking forward to uh, 
the Megan McHugh going and doing that at SoccerCon. That's going to be a lot of fun. Oh, I do. Yeah, no, man, we're talking Marvel and two different Marvel films and yeah, two different Marvel films, completely two disconnected from each other, and yet both have me excited about the future. Weird. Yeah. Especially for one that a month ago I was going, God, this is going to suck. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I again, it's just like I come into it thinking, what are you expecting? It's 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 Venom. It's I, I, I can't expect him. I've, well, he's is it's a character that is already pretty. It's, it's a two dimensional character. So I think I, I'd have to say it that way. We're just yeah, like, no, I, I don't think that that's unfair. Yeah, it's not. There is some layers, but still, it's it's a big part of it. So that when when you you get for what you ask for for what he is as a character, it's hard to say like this is it. This is Venom. All all the characters of it, and it just doesn't normally make a good movie from it um, because he's not layered enough, I guess. But yeah. in this, they did make it. They made it about a comedy. They had two perspectives, and fuck yeah, no, I'm happy for it. I'm, I'm intrigued for the future. So in here, I mean, it seems to be doing well enough. It seems like a sequel is destined to happen. This isn't going to be a one and done. So yeah, thank That's God good. they gave me something interesting to be excited about in the first place. And uh, I don't know, unless Amy's got anything else to say, I uh, I think it's probably time to go and kill this thing. It's time to kill this thing. All right, it's time to put old Yeller down. And on that oh. note, oh, also Rob got a puppy. Yep. So, yep, the old man got a puppy. Yeah, cute, cute boy. It also yeah. uses the walker to get around. Okay. You're expecting that I was gonna go and get an inappropriate laugh out of Amy, and nope, didn't get it. Wow, <laughs> my humor is getting old and tired, like me. Oh, that's not... <laughs> my bursitis. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, well. I'm sorry, folks, but it's time to put you down. <laughs> Damn, savage. Yep. Euthanasia this shit. Yep. Yes. It's time to just lay you down and put an end to it. By going and dropping all the links, go and check us out on uh, Facebook. Check us out on Instagram. Check us out on Twitter. Check us out pretty much any social media that you actually care about that doesn't have the Kardashians on it every single second of the day, like Snapchat now, apparently. No such social media exists. <laughs> You're probably right about that. You are probably right about that. But you know where you won't find the Kardashians? On our podcast, on iTunes, on Google Play Music Podcast on SoundCloud, and coming soon to both Stitcher and, really excited about this, Spotify. Oh, so, cool. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> How's that going? I hear it's really hard to do that, actually. I have no idea. I just got an email back a couple of days ago saying that we've been accepted. So really? I, yeah. All I got to do is turn in the analytics and they go and review you, so... Sure. Apparently we got that going for us. So coming soon to both Stitcher and Spotify. So thank you very much, everybody, for listening. Hopefully you give Venom a chance if you haven't already. I mean, 88% of the people on Rotten Tomatoes seem to like it. So maybe you will, yeah. too. I don't know. I did. Tyler seems to have. Amy. Yeah. Will. Yeah. <laughs> the person Amy works for, Will. Everyone knows I don't actually go to the movie theater now. Mm -hmm. So the dentist I work for is like, Venom was really good. I'm like, oh, maybe I'll see it. And he just starts laughing. Because he doesn't know <laughs> <laughs> Amy will see it when it's on Netflix in six months. And then she'll try to bring it up again. And you guys will be like, Amy, we talked about this for an hour. <laughs> I don't know. In six months, I might be willing to talk about it again. Same okay. as like on how I'm still willing to go and talk about Ready Player One if anybody wants to give that one a shot. Oh my gosh, stop. <laughs> yeah, coming back to it. I fucking I want to rewatch Ready Player One and we'll have a cause it because then it's like another thing where you get time to like think about it and then you yeah. come back and watch it again and you have like other thoughts and it's just No, like, nobody cares. We're not gonna talk about Ready Player One. Not this week. Goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. Have a good night. Thank you for listening to the Soccer Rangers podcast where you are the best.